Welcome to How to Change the World. This is a student-produced podcast, researched, written, recorded, and edited by Year 10 students at the McRobertson Girls High School, a public school in Melbourne. In their Year 10 Humanities How to Change the World elective, they were given free reign to choose the social issues they care about and explore how our Australian and global community addresses the challenges that face us. This podcast is entirely their work. This episode is about gender discrimination. Enjoy. Warning, this episode deals with gender discrimination. Please listen at your own discretion. Disclaimer, the following stories are fictional, but if you are in any way disturbed, please refer to the timestamp on ways to reach out. Good afternoon, everyone. As you know, the previous HR manager retired, so we have an empty spot for the manager role. I called this meeting here today to tell you that you are all potential candidates for the HR manager role. I hope you guys will give your utmost best. Erin has worked as a HR generalist for 11 years already and really wants to be promoted into a higher position. She has a very good work ethic and continues to make great progress. A few weeks later, Erin manages to get the promotion to HR manager. Her boss retires to pursue his dream of a gender equal world, and in turn, a new HR director is hired. Hello everyone, let me introduce myself. My name is Kennedy and I am your new boss. Remember that I am a man of few words when it comes to our work. I can't have anyone making any mistakes. We are aiming for success. Do you understand? The next day... Erin, it has come to my attention that you haven't been in office for the last couple of days. What is happening? This is unacceptable. I'm sorry, boss. I've had a few problems at home recently, and my son has caught a fever as well. I applied for a few sick days off work. Before I forget, would it be okay if I take the rest of the week off? I need to fly interstate to visit my mum because she's in the hospital. That's simply not good enough. Don't you know that the company has policies we need to abide by? You've taken too many sick days and now you're asking for more? Later that day, in the lounge, Erin calls her old boss, Nick, and explains the situation that she's in. After being given the details, Nick was angry. Women didn't deserve to be treated this way, especially people like his ex-employee. Erin goes back to the kitchen, looking for a tea bag to make a good cup of tea. However, she trips and drops the mug on the way there. Oh my gosh, Erin, are you okay? Everyone else, go back to work. At this moment, the reality of not being able to look after a mother crushes down on her, and Erin breaks down crying. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Today is just not my day. Do you want to tell me what's up? Everything is just so overwhelming. Erin starts to explain the situation that she's currently in. Her mother lying in hospital and her baby son, who had recently caught a high fever. 
When the CEO finally wraps his head around the situation, he decides that overriding Kennedy's decision of not approving Erin's carer's leave is the best option. After visiting her mother, Erin comes back to work the next week. At lunch, Erin catches up with her friend Lisa from the finance sector. Hey, did you know that Matt got a raise? You know, the new Matt, Anna Kennedy. What? You've got to be joking. Wait, are you serious? That's so unfair. He just got here and I've been working at this company for 11 years. Where's mine? Yeah, that's what I thought. Did you know all the guys under Kennedy got raises as well? Even Amber didn't get a raise and we all know how hardworking she is. Erin knew that this mistreatment was unacceptable. Giving someone a raise just by their gender and not their work ethic is definitely not right. So she decided to write an email to the CEO. Once the CEO read the email, he was infuriated. Hi Kennedy, do you know why I called you in? Uh, no sir, I do not know. I got an email saying that you gave a raise only to your male employees. That can be considered as gender discrimination and is very unfair towards your female employees. Everyone should get equal opportunities and that is no way to treat employees, especially if they are hardworking. Sorry boss, this has never crossed my mind. I truly had good intentions when giving out raises to employees. Please don't fire me. I promised I would change and not make the same mistakes again. Alright, because you have acknowledged your wrongdoing, I will let you off with a warning this time. But, if this happens again, I won't be this nice. Erin ended up working in the HR sector for the company for many more years. Kennedy changed the way he treated certain employees and based his views on their work ethic instead. In the end, Erin and Kennedy became good friends. Hello and welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Teen Talks. Today, we're going to be discussing gender discrimination and how it affects our working experience and personal life. What did you think about the story and gender discrimination in our current society? It seems like it's pretty much been ingrained in our society, which is an incredibly sad thing to realise. We see it happen to ourselves in many aspects of our lives, and I'm pretty sure most of our listeners could say the same. It's almost like we've built our lives around the presence of gender discrimination, picking jobs where we're less likely to face it and teaching our kids how to stand up against it. For some of our listeners and for clarification, gender discrimination is a difference in treatment of individuals due to the gender that they identify as. Yeah, and before recording, we discussed what we believe to be like a general history of gender discrimination in our society, and we'd like to share it with our listeners. So we believe that it has roots in the patriarchy, wherein traditionally men were considered more important and stronger than women. As a result, it led everyone to believe women and other feminine things are inherently worse in all aspects because they were less than men. For example, I feel like every girl remembers her I don't like pink because it's a girly colour phase. So like, do you remember when people were like, oh, you like pink, that's so girly, ha ha ha. 
Yeah, and even though it was only just the colour, you felt as if liking pink or anything girly was seen as bad and people really looked down on you. Gender discrimination is inherently sexist. And that's only one small example of gender discrimination and sexism in our world. We have some statistics we'd like to share, actually. Well, on average, females in the workplace environment spend around 64% of their week at work as unpaid employees. This means that women perform nearly double as many hours working each week in order to get paid the same amount of money as men. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and although women take up approximately 47% of employed people in Australia, they make around $251.20 less each week compared to men. When looking at the difference in weekly wages between men and women, a female would receive 15.3 less percent salary than their male counterpart. Hey, what would you think the ideal perfect world would be? Do you think that maybe it would be one where we would all be able to live without having to worry about the presence of gender discrimination in our lives? Or do you think it will be something else? I feel like maybe a world where men and women are paid the same amount when performing the same job, and one where women are given access to all types of occupations without getting judged and are given more chances to go for leadership positions. We now have some stories from listeners who are willing to share their stories about their experience with gender discrimination in their lives. Please welcome them. First up, we have Andrew here with us to share his experience with gender discrimination as a male nurse. Hi Andrew, how are you today? Hi, I've been doing okay. As I mentioned before, I am a male nurse and I want to talk about the gender discrimination I've faced in my field of work. So Andrew, can you give us a brief overview of how your journey to becoming a male nurse has gone? Well, I guess it all started when I was really young. Before my grandpa passed away, I had been incredibly close to him. I wouldn't leave his side when we went to visit him in his nursing home and would throw a fit when we had to leave. My mom still has a video of me when I was five, looking up at the nurses who looked after him like they hung the moon and the stars. I thought it was amazing that they chose to live the rest of their lives looking after others at their most vulnerable and making sure that they were comfortable and healthy. I guess my admiration for them never really left because 25 years later, after hours upon hours of studying, internships and gallons of spilt blood, sweat and tears, I found myself here, working as the chief nursing officer at the same nursing home my own grandpa stayed in. That's so good to hear. I'm glad you were able to make it in such a competitive field. Now, can you tell me when you first realised that there was gender discrimination in the nursing industry? Well, most obviously, the nursing industry is mainly a female-dominated field, 
So going in, I knew that my experience dealing with patients and my superiors would be different. Like, um, on my first day, I constantly got confused for the doctor when I wore the nurse's uniform and told everyone that I am, in fact, not their doctor. There have also been many instances where the relatives of some of the residents have been confused and maybe even skeptical of me when they found out that I'm one of the many nurses working closely with the residents. I assume that that's because they think I wouldn't have the feminine, gentle approach and almost motherly aura they expect of nurses with me being a male. I could be wrong, but after talking to some of my female colleagues who have all told me that, that sort of reaction was unusual. I have little to believe otherwise. That must be really frustrating for you. Yeah, it gets annoying after a while too. There were even some instances where I believe because of my gender, I was given more professional benefits over my female co-workers, such as having people take my word more seriously. People may think that it's not that big of a deal, but I've talked with my colleagues about it and gender discrimination is frustrating to all of us. I hope we can change this situation of gender discrimination soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you for sharing. Now we have 16 year old Tracy who will share her story with gender discrimination and reflect on how it is present in our lives since childhood. Hi, Tracy. Hi, so good to be here today. As you said, I want to talk about gender discrimination my peers and I faced as a kid. I'm sure many girls can probably relate at least a little to my story. Okay, so when was the first time you encountered gender discrimination in your childhood? Hmm, it depends what you're talking about. I may not have noticed it back then, but after thinking about this topic for a while, I found that sexism has always been present in our lives through our childhoods in little and obscure ways, which I'll talk about later. But the first time I was directly confronted with gender discrimination was when I was about five years old. Can you tell us about that experience? Okay, so I think I was attending my first day at a daycare or preschool of some sort. I was always interested in sports and I loved playing ball games with my brothers. I still do. What I remember that day was the teacher giving the children the time to mingle with each other and make friends. Since I only grew up with brothers, my instinct told me to go join the group of little boys in the corner kicking a ball around, so I went. When I asked to join, they eyed me immediately and gave each other looks. They didn't say no explicitly, so I joined in. When we were playing, they refused to pass the ball to me, and finally, later, they told me that I couldn't play soccer with them because I was a girl. They told me to go play with the dolls. It was, it's pretty shocking to me when I think about it because they were such young kids and they were already discriminating against girls because of our gender. When I told the teacher about this, she basically just told me to go play with the dolls with the girls too, which I found even more shocking. That's terrible for only a five-year-old. Why do you think those boys thought that way and excluded you? I'm guessing it's a prematurely taught notion that girls should do girly things and boys should do boyish things, and one of them would be sports. They probably weren't used to playing soccer with the girls either. I know it's common too, as I know this has happened to so many of my other friends. To this day, I sometimes have trouble getting involved in games at school sports because boys still don't want to include me despite my enthusiasm. Yes, it is common. I've seen it happen a lot too. 
So, what do you think is the root of these ideas? Since long ago, the traditional role of females was to stay home and provide for the family and look pretty. The traditional role of males was to pursue their career to be strong and make money to support the family because they were thought to be stronger. Of course, these outdated gender roles and expectations weren't like aren't as present as before in Western society, but they are still being taught to children indirectly. Let's look at toys, for example. Walking into a toy store to get a gift for my little cousin yesterday, there was a very clear disparity between toys meant for girls and toys meant for boys. In the boys section, I could see a colorful variety of toys including cars, trucks, animals, miniature electric devices, art supplies, medical toys, writing books, sports toys, and such. Like, basically everything. There was even a STEM workbook for kinder-level boys. When I looked the other way to the girls' section, everything was pink. The toys were pretty dolls, houses for those dolls, cosmetics, miniature baby nurseries, miniature makeup tables, plastic makeup sets, little baby, sto- little baby strollers, and such. It was clear that this difference sends an obvious message to little kids from a young age. Of course, there's nothing wrong with girls that enjoy playing with makeup or boys that enjoy playing with trucks. But what is wrong is that little girls are learning that girls are just meant to involve themselves in housework, dolls and cosmetics, while boys are meant to go dominate the world in all well-known fields of work. Girls and boys should have equal options and it's wrong to teach them anything else. It may seem like I'm reaching if I say the whole soccer thing and this deep concept is related, but it is. No, this incident would not interfere with my future career choices. However, with toys, storybooks, and the way we treat little girls and boys differently is telling children that the different genders should be staying out of each other's lanes, that their options are different when we really should be teaching them that they can both do or achieve anything they want. Sure, the incident wasn't that big of a deal, but it's a small display of how some people are taught to gender discriminate from a young age. How do you think we can improve this as a society? What forms an adult is majorly their childhood, so it really, all of it really relies on what we teach children. Society should give boys and girls the same options, whether that be toys or books or anything they play with. The last thing I want to say is that we should use inclusive and neutral language around kids and we have to be good role models. Parents should also teach their kids to be able to work and play with the other gender cooperatively. Thank you for sharing this with us, Tracy. That story just shows how bias is built in us from a young age. Girls around the world are experiencing gender discrimination from the age of just 7 years old, with 1 in 10 primary school girls reporting being unhappy with being a girl, doubling to 1 in 5 by the time they reach secondary school. This contrasts with less than 1% of boys at primary school and less than 3% of boys at secondary school. These two real-life events are just the tip of the iceberg. There are hundreds of other people out there who are struggling with gender discrimination, especially in the workplace. However, there aren't many people who realize that their mistreatment is because of gender discrimination. These two people are very brave and courageous to share what they've been through, to stand up for their rights and what they believe in.
These stories allow us to understand what people go through on a daily basis when faced with gender discrimination. It also allows us to identify the acts of gender discrimination and not just pass them off as gender stereotypes. We, as a society, should be more inclusive, less judgmental, and keep an open mind when it comes to gender roles and stereotypes. Being inclusive allows others around you to change, and it also allows you to help people who may be facing problems with gender discrimination. Having an open mindset allows you to understand the unfair treatment that people receive when faced with gender discrimination. Gender discrimination is hard to see in society as bias and stereotypes of people block our views. So it is crucial that you make sure you're being inclusive to everyone around you. Speaking up against gender discrimination is also very important. It doesn't matter if it is happening to you or to someone around you. Being a bystander to gender mistreatment is never okay. It also causes the bystander to feel guilty afterwards. We always have to be aware of the current gender biases, as they are ever-changing but never getting better. But we should strive to change that by using neutral and inclusive language. The Australian Human Rights Commission handle complaints about any type of discrimination, from racial to sexual. So if you do face gender discrimination in any way, shape or form, please write a complaint. You can make a change, even if it is small. A small difference can cause a shift in society. So starting from me, let's make a change together. Stay safe, stay healthy and stay happy. Tune in next time for Teen Talks. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of How to Change the World, a podcast by the Year 10 students of the the McRobertson Girls High School in Melbourne. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss the other episodes in this series. How to Change the World is produced on the lands of the Kulin Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded.